You've created your business and now it's time to protect it. Whether it's your podcast, speaking engagements that you do virtually or live on in-person stages or the community that you've built, you want to make sure that what you've created is taken care of and well protected. This is where AWB contract templates come in. They're customizable, quick and easy to complete and cost a fraction of working with a lawyer one-on-one. They have tons of options available so you can choose the ideal one for your business needs. It's an instant download. You get a Word doc template, you fill in the blanks and in about 20 minutes, you're all done. Visit pauseontheplay.com forward slash contracts today to pick out your new business contracts. And when you check out, be sure to use the code PLAY for 20% off your contract purchase. That's P-L-A-Y in all caps for 20% off. Protect your business with AWB contract templates. to have a presence that unapologetically flaunts the fire that fuels your brand. Say goodbye to stereotypes and societal boxes as your visibility marketing and branding finally begin to attract the right people, your people. This is marketing from the inside out. This is flaunt your fire. I am your host and CEO of Flaunt Your Fire Marketing, India Jackson, and today I am joined by a guest, Rebecca Ching. And I am just so grateful to have Rebecca and my host of Business Network. Um, She's one of the incredible business owners that I am lucky to call a friend and a colleague. And it's just so interesting. She had posted a story to Instagram, I believe months ago um, from her interview on the Uncomfortable podcast. And wow, the power of networking <laughs> and just how you know things come full circle and there's so little degrees of separation. But I listened to that podcast interview where she talked about shame. And there's something about just the way that she showed up and the conversation that she had that just really got my wheels spinning. Um, And it's funny, since then, several of my clients have been featured on that podcast um, to help their visibility efforts, including Erica Corday. But it really just was the spark of me feeling like something was just tapping me on the shoulder and saying, no, you just have to do it. And the conversation that I felt like just kept nagging away at me to have here is about transformation and evolution. People can present things in a way that can make it seem as if transformation evolution is a very linear process. You go from point A to point Z and there's things in the middle, but you just keep trucking along, right? And... I feel like just hearing things from that perspective doesn't give you the full picture. There's pauses in between. There's in-between spaces that can leave people feeling a lot of shame and, and feeling like they're stuck. But it's part of the process, you know? Um, and I feel like at some point in life, most people experience this in-between space. This in-between space is a part of getting to the next place. And so this is an area that just given my background and having gone through so many like transformations um, internally and also externally as a professional bodybuilder, I felt like it was necessary to have. And then honestly, I see it come up when people start to look at their rebranding, look at getting themselves out there and being more visible and allowing us to work with them to get to the root of how they want to show up in the world and building a strategy around that. 
And there can just be so much unraveling and in between that can happen in the process. And so I thought who better to invite here to talk about that than Rebecca. Um, and just to give you a little bit of background on this, this episode, we recorded it before coronavirus quarantine started here in Washington, D.C. and where she is in the San Diego area of California. And it's funny how that happened, but um, it couldn't be more timely than now because it is very easy at a time like this to feel like we're stuck, to feel like we're in this in-between space. I mean, we're literally kind of stuck in the house. In addition to that, physical being stuck can make us feel like we're in the in-between phases of our relationships, of our businesses, of so many different things. Um, So... I think it's a great time to bring this episode to you. And again, there's no one better to have this conversation than Rebecca Ching. So to give you a little bit of background on Rebecca, Rebecca is a certified leadership coach. She's also a psychotherapist. And I'm excited to say now that she's a podcaster. She actually, um, since this recording, has released a new podcast called The Unburdened Leadership, and she's a writer and speaker. Rebecca helps establish leaders, entrepreneurs, and business owners navigate the curveballs of life in leadership without having to sacrifice their health, important relationships, and their business bottom line. She believes that these curveballs are what challenge our confidence, clarity, and courage, and understands what helps leaders achieve their current successes. And here's the thing. Leaders seek her out to help them identify the blind spots of recurring struggles and develop the inner bandwidth to tolerate the vulnerability of growth during the season of life of work and work, you know, um, especially at a time like now. So unburdened leadership is the work of Rebecca and It's the work that she's honed to take leaders and entrepreneurs through so that they can have this greater impact and legacy by navigating the intersection of mindset and mental health via her unburdened leadership coaching programs. When Rebecca is not supporting leaders through her lens of trauma-informed practices and the research of Brene Brown, she is the CEO and founder of Potentia Family Therapy Incorporated, which is an integrated mental health practice based in San Diego, California. And I just have so much respect for her and a team like hers at this time because I know that during this quarantine, it's brought up so many things for people. It's brought up increased stress, anxiety. Um, it's brought up and re-triggered traumas. And there's also, you know, real financial like stability concern at a time like this. And so being able to see people like Rebecca and the leaders that she's created and the team that she has at her mental health practice supporting people and being able to navigate a time like this is just so, so heartwarming to see. All right, I am excited to bring this episode to you, and I am very hopeful that you will have many, many takeaways. However, before we get started, I have a favor to ask of you. As you are listening, can you do me a favor? Can you head down to where you see the stars and leave us a star rating and review? Star ratings and reviews ensure that we get more amazing guests here like Rebecca, that we're able to bring more giveaways to the podcast, and that we can get in front of more listeners like you to take in all this juiciness and value that we provide here. So head on over to where you can see the stars through Apple Podcast, if that's where you're at, and leave us a star rating and review. Or if you're on another app or service or just can't find where I'm talking about and where it's located on your app, go to ratethispodcast.com slash fire. I promise visiting there will not interrupt your episode today. You'll be able to still hear the episode and not have to put anything on pause and can just rate and review while you're listening. 
we would really appreciate that from you. Thank you so much. And let's get the show on the road. I know one of the things that um, you love going into is really helping leaders step into what would be integrated leadership. And I feel like there's been something tapping me on my shoulder for a long time. And it's been having a conversation around the in-between or liminal space, which I think is so important when we look at transformation, evolution, and growth. Um, people can see that as a very like step-by-step process. And I'm not quite so sure that it's really step one, step two, step three. Like there's some things in between happening there. So I thought it'd be really cool for you to share with our audience what does the in-between or liminal space mean to you? Yeah, uh, I first thank you for having this conversation because we are so inundated with this linear cause effect, you know, change your thoughts, change everything. And what that's actually causing is a lot more anxiety, a lot more frustration, a lot more overwhelm, and even even despair, uh, because this process isn't linear. And so whenever we are getting ready to do something new, um, we've made that decision or we're curious about it or we're investing in learning the skills or doing the inner work to, to grow, to transform, to change. We enter into a space of the unknown. Um, you, you know, some call it liminal space. I call it the in-between. Um, and we see this uh, in a psychological perspective. We see this in organizational systems change perspective if you enter the space in between where you were and where you want to go and really good marketing out there and i know this is your jam <laughs> really good marketing can sell us anything even things that don't work even things that don't stick um, even things that while they speak to our pain points and our needs brilliantly can't give us what we want. And to really tolerate and hold space in the in-between is incredibly uncomfortable. And our brains are hardwired for certainty and the known and safe and comfort. And there's nothing comfortable or safe <laughs> about this in-between time. And so you can be fully functioning, evolved adults that are doing incredible things personally and professionally. We enter into the in-between zone and all of a sudden feel like we've lost our confidence. We um, can't function. We have struggles that we thought we've worked on show up again. And then we think, what the heck is going on? And so we think I must be doing something wrong. So I need to go fix it by doing some to change and transformation. But really what it is, is we need to increase our capacity for vulnerability. And Brene Brown defines that as risk, uncertainty, and emotional exposure. And I probably will be quoting her quite a bit because I am an early adopter of her work and a certified facilitator in her work. And so, but vulnerability is dangerous to our work and to our brains, I should say. And so we got to increase our capacity for difficult emotion and the unknown until we build the new neural networks in our brain, the new muscle memory of, I got this new thing. Uh, but that space in between is not efficient, <laughs> <It's> often <laughs> tidy, and it can often um, find cracks in our lives that we didn't know we have, and they can feel like Grand Canyons. What are some signs that someone um, could look at to kind of recognize that they're in this in-between space? Well, I think, yeah, that's a great question. They'll vary from person to person. But I would say when all of a sudden you go from feeling confident to losing your confidence or you start doubting why you're doing this new thing, this new opportunity, this 
in, in investment and you're growing your business or, um, or investing in your own life. So when you start to really question, not just a little bit, but a lot, um, when you start to notice anxiety is more present on the regular, when you find yourself being more critical, you respond to this discomfort with an immense amount of self-criticism and self-judgment. Um, and then this can take a toll even on our physical well-being, our sleep, um, you know, our, our, how we feel in our skin. Um, mm. And we can see ourselves snapping more maybe in our important relationships too. Those are some of the signs. I mean, those could be signs for everything, but not everything, but a lot of, um, a lot of struggles, but I don't think we talk about what goes on in between where we are today and where we want to be. And we don't normalize that this is going to be a struggle because I mean, I don't know about you, but I often go, Oh, I hear that. I hear that, but I'm going to be the exception. (laughs) I'm going to be the one that gets through this quicker, even with everything I know (laughs) um, about the brain and the body and the nervous system and about how humans work and change. I still, there's a part of me saying, can we skip this? Cause I think we, we can figure it out. We can, we can, we can life hack liminal space and people are probably making millions of dollars selling that. Um, but the tr- truth of the matter is, is those are just yes. band-aids that don't really stay sticking. And the gift of the liminal space is it will show us maybe things that we thought were resolved that we need to pay attention to. And, and I mean, I say it's a gift because I'm like, yay, working on hard things. And most people look at me like, oh, my gosh, Rebecca, really? But yes, because then these things don't have to hijack us. <laughs> and <clears throat> they can, we collect data from our amazing system that's saying, oh, there's still some burdens we're carrying that need attention. So liminal space finds it all. It finds it all. And if we go into it, anticipating not expecting like with a foreboding piece but kind of normalizing like oh hello anxiety oh hello self-doubt i've been waiting for you here's how we're going to navigate this now i need some space actually this is part of the gig we don't you don't need to take me out i've got this so when i think about that um when you said anxiety and self-doubt um and i'm trying to think of some like tangible things that people can do or may show up in their business or their visibility and things like that. That would be signs of us. One of the things that comes to mind for me is like hesitating. Do you feel like that is also like a sign that we're in this space? Like, hey, the opportunity came and then we hesitate to respond. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, think about it. If if you know that there might be a poisonous snake in front of you, you're going to hesitate now. And this is kind of dramatic, but I want to just bring it, normalize that because then we kind of go, oh my gosh, you're being so drama. Just push on through. There's no snakes out there. And if not, you can just stomp on them. But I think it's just respecting the warning signs of our inner system, even if they don't, aren't reading the room correctly. Um, So that hesitation is data that if we don't attend to it, and get curious about the parts of us that are hesitating, those are the parts of us that can shut us down and really undermine um, the goals that we have and the work that we're doing. So that hesitation is a powerful trailhead to always pay attention to. But so much of the narrative out there is, you know, we often call that resistance. And, and really, it's like a pejorative word. Oh, you're just resisting. And it's like, damn straight. There's a part of me that's scared and I need to get curious about it instead of, oh, I'm weak and something's wrong with me and I shouldn't have these things. Like that's, I just call BS to that. And so that hesitation to take that next step or that hesitation to do the thing that will cause more visibility um, um, and more awareness of you and your work, that is powerful data of your inner system that if you don't lead that, it will lead you. Mm, powerful, powerful thought there. No, I just think, I'm sorry, I jumped in. I was just saying that we often dismiss our inner warning signs and there's often powerful data there that we could glean that will make our path in the in-between a lot less unpleasant. Yeah, and I think it's important that you're, 
kind of guiding us through how this isn't just a step-by-step process. There was, there's not a quick fix necessarily, but there was another side to it. Cause I think that a lot of times in the marketing world, um, you can see marketers really push onto coaches and therapists and healers um, like this, here's problem and here's solution. It's like, but there's a whole lot in between. <laughs> there, There is. And a lot of people don't know what to do with the in-between. And this is where the gold is. I mean, this is honestly where the money and the success and the strength and the power is. It's not in the result. And I'm, I'm, I, I don't want to be all like, it's the journey, not the destination, but it's the freaking journey. Like it really is. Um, but from a resilience and strength perspective, the transformation is all about the difficulty. And we are so impatient. We don't sell the difficult. I mean, no one's going to, hey, come work with me and feel like shit for a year. And we'll come out the other side. Amazing. I mean, that's just like. Tie me up for that. You know? right? <laughs> right. But I mean, for me, this is, I think there's the transparency. Like it's going to be hard and you're going to have amazing support with you. And you're not going to go this alone. And you're going to do it differently than you ever have. So I, I think when we sell transformation without being transparent, um, we are doing harm, immense harm. And that's where I see a lot of betrayal is experienced when people enter into this in-between space with certain expectations and then they're, they're left to go it alone or they're, they're realizing, oh, this is harder than I was told. And, and I think even outside of the marketing space, we can even just go back to family of origin. And I mean, a lot of people didn't grow up where we say, let's talk about feelings. Let's talk about struggle. You know, I mean, when a kid is crying, so often we'll say, you're okay. And I'm like, the kid's crying. They're not okay. <laughs> even if it's yeah. over a broken crayon, you know, they're not dying. But we really have such a hard time with discomfort in ourselves, but also in others. And in the in the marketing world, I think there's a sense of, oh, if people are struggling, I'm doing something wrong. So I have to push them harder, you know, because then I don't want to fail them either. You know, I mean, everyone for looking at it, for being generous in my assumptions of, of others is just trying to help people, you know, experience transformation, have better lives. But we can't do that if we don't really give incredible respect to the in-between struggle. Yeah. I mean, it makes me think about a lot of what we do on the branding side as well when we are really helping people through rebrands. And from the outside looking in, it's like you changed your name and your logo. Big woo, right? But there's a lot that can come up with that. A lot of inner feelings. And, oh, geez. Uh, it can that rebranding like process is like... you. Need- you need to sell psychotherapy or coaching with that dang rebranding process because every time I do those worksheets, it is so vulnerable. <laughs> and it's I spin around in my head and I find myself overthinking and then this and then that. And then I want to just tap out. And I'm sure you've seen that so much because yes. we, you know, it's like I know what I want to teach other people, but then you're telling people, no, it's you're selling you and your brand to people, not just what you're teaching them, which is super annoying because we it's not super. Like, Can I just sell the thing? And I'm like, no, Can I just sell the thing? No, like, and trust to that too. <laughs> right, and I, I'm, I have no doubt people get that intellectually, but then the work of really going, what do people? Why are they drawn to you? And what do they like about you? What are people saying about you? You're like, oh, oh my gosh. And it's this sense of really looking at yourself. And if there's parts of your story or parts of your system that are like not happy or don't trust any of that, it brings all of it to the surface in a millisecond. So yeah, if you want to get to know any cracks you have, go do a rebranding process with India. Yeah, pretty much. And I think it's powerful because you said the transparency piece, uh, I think, is missing from this space is that people are not being upfront and transparent that 
when you start to rebrand or when you start to have somebody come in and help you and support you with your marketing, whether it's through consulting you or doing it for you, it can really unpack a lot of mindsets. Um, It can really start to... It can, I feel like it can be a liminal space for your company. <laughs> it's the in-between of what was and going into what's to become and can be very uncomfortable. It is. And I, and I feel like people don't, they get so like, let's just get it down. It's super easy. But I really giving myself permission, kind of going through this again recently, like, okay, this is going to be uncomfortable. I'm going to go in and rumble with this and I need to give myself space for it. Some people can just bang it out. But I also think too, we're so in our heads about whatever it is we want to do as business owners mm-hmm. and then translating that to language is super hard. And then connecting our story and who we are without comparing to other people. And I mean, again, the liminal space can feel a little bit like flailing when you're starting to really get language on. Yes, I could do a logo and oh, I can pick out the colors that feels nice and contained and tidy. But we're putting something that's so personal out there. And people say don't take it personally. Again, I call BS because this is like something that's super meaningful to you. Yeah, (laughs) And so there's a lot invested. Yeah. And then when you really start to look at the layers to that, and you're working with brands and marketing agencies that are looking at the psychographics of your client instead of just their demographics, now we're getting into your values and your belief systems for yourself or for your company. And that's a whole other layer is branding yourself in a way that fully steps into these things that maybe were not front facing before. So you, making the stand you nailed to say it. we're anti this or we're for this is kind of scary too. Oh. Oh. I mean, yes. Yes. <laughs> and we need more courage in that now than ever. But you said the word belief. And what I have learned is I often have many parts of me with differing beliefs. And that can be confusing to tease out. Like, if there's doubt that comes up, if there's fear that comes up, if there's confusion, and then there's other parts where you're like, I've got this, I've got clarity, I know what I'm doing, and you put them all together, it gets so noisy between the years. Yeah. And often we don't give ourselves enough space during this season to really process it and iterate and layer it. So I've really learned with this branding and rebranding I now need to kind of just draft it and then test it a little bit and then tweak it. You know, I, I have to have a lot of foundational clarity. Absolutely. I'm not throwing spaghetti on a wall, <laughs> but I think this is a place too of, Oh crap. It's one thing to kind of say these things to myself or to a good friend about what I'm for, what I'm against, <laughs> what I believe in, but then to really connect that with my business. Oh, geez. This is next level. And that's that's an opportunity for courage, but it also brings up a whole bunch of other stuff. I also hear experimentation is something that you're doing. And I think sometimes when we can look at it like a mad science experiment, it can be kind of fun and a little less heavy. So I feel like we're constantly trying new things. Um, but it also sounds like this is a season where we need the most support. And I am going to raise my hand and say that even when we rebranded, like, I had a coach along the way because I know that there's so many mindsets that can come up in this in-between space as you're stepping into your future and kind of leaving the old ways behind where you need to begin to embody that. Um, Stepping into the name of Flaunt Your Fire, like it calls me up to say like, fuck fitting into societal boxes and You know, this is what we stand for is letting people be themselves, but it also holds me to do that for myself as well as a leader of this company. So (sighs) rebrands. Yeah. All the support. (laughs) So here's the interesting thing, and this is probably my psychological training here. And what I know is 
you know, we've got like where we are, where we want to go, and then the in-between, right? And then you enter into the in-between. I don't know if we really do leave things behind, but I think this is where it's more about how do we integrate even the, the pain and the fear of our story, because we can't unexperience what we've been through. We can't mm-hmm. unremember it. There's that movie, I'm dating myself, but the eternal sunshine of the spotless mind. And they had this machine that could take away your difficult memories. And they found out that it actually really didn't work, especially around love. But, um, but I think we all wish we had that. So I think even just the language of, it's just another, it's another level of becoming and bringing all of the stuff with you. But then you don't have to lead from the fear, lead from the shame, or as you outgrow things, there's still an acceptance of these parts of your story. I think that's so important to integration and how we lead ourselves. We may not want to carry the burdens anymore that hold us back, but I really feel like there's power when we really like own all aspects of our story, even if we're not living in that anymore. Because if it's one thing to own it and respect it versus be hijacked by it, I think that's what we yeah. want to leave behind. So I, I just wanted to kind of nuance that a little bit because no, I, I think there's an element of kind of almost this misogynistic patriarchal, like don't struggle anymore and flex your muscles and let that go and walk <laughs> the fire. And I'm like, yeah. No, that's just so not realistic. And they all end up with face downs eventually. And so if it's more of, I will always have some tender spots um, when it comes to maybe visibility or um, when it comes to talking about myself, there may be things for you to learn about yourself um, and just kind of know, okay, this will be a little harder for me because of my story. I'm not going to shrink from it. I'm going to do the work and get support and continue to grow in this area. But if we can respect kind of our tenderness and our humanity because of the life we lived, I think that's so important because the one of the most common things I hear from, I work with established leaders and business owners in my leadership coaching and consulting work. And the most common statement is why am I still struggling with this? And I'm like, reoccurring struggles just we talk about an education circular learning but i think this liminal space the in-between is it's circular it's not point a to b to c it's we go we touch on transformation we circle back to some ground zero stuff hang out the in-between deepen some transformation circle back and i think that really is more how we learn and grow but the messages there's so much shame and judgment around that actual process that so many people stuff it down and end up not even showing up for their businesses or selling themselves short because they see their reoccurring struggles as a sign of failure or weakness. But to me, it's like, oh, hello, you're at a growth edge. It's going to be here. <laughs> Any residual stuff, <laughs> it's time to do that work. And this is what you need to, to do the work to tolerate that next level of transformation and growth. So one of the things that you talk about is integrated leadership. Do you feel Mm -hmm. like integration is part of the process of being able to not be stuck in any one area too long? Yeah. Well, I hate to put timelines on things as a trauma-informed leader and Mm trauma-informed entrepreneur. Too long means you're not doing anything with your business or not working on it, maybe. But if we we have to integrate our stories, our past and our present and our future, we have to integrate all parts of us, the parts that are saying, I've got this. We're going to do this. I believe in myself, along with the parts that are like, I'm so scared. Can we just stay small and safe, please? And, and that process of leading all of those parts of our system is essential, I think, for sustained growth, but also sustained satisfaction and, and joy and, you know, meaning, um, instead of just achieving this destination, it really doesn't always have to be so painful. I was just talking to somebody recently who, um, sold their company 
and said, gosh, between the moment of selling the company and getting the email from their financial person that it was sold and all the money they had in the bank, that person's like, yep, nothing in my life's changed. <laughs> I've arrived after millions of dollars <laughs> and nothing's <laughs> changed internally. So I think sometimes what we think is transformation and what is arriving, we often aren't always the best judge of that. But if we're committed to those value, deep values of doing our best work or whatever the impact is we want to make, and we see this as long game, because we are, I tell people we arrive when we breathe our last breath. Mm, it's just not always, it's not always like, it's a bit of a buzzkill, but I think we need to realign our expectations of ourselves. And if we're trying to heal ourselves through our business solely, that the business can't do it and the business will end up kicking our butts. So we arrive when we breathe our last breath, but we can have milestones and growth edges and touchstones and accomplishments we put along the way that are aligned with meaning and purpose and growth and healing and impact, all those words that are used a lot. But man, that doesn't sell a three-point plan that you achieve. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but I, I think we've done I think we've done some harm. You know, and again, there are probably people listening going, oh, that's all well and good for some people. But for me, I'll take the three point plan to transformation. And that I think sometimes people need to go and collect data and and we give it a try. And maybe maybe it's a stepping ground. Like it's a it's a part of the transformation. It's just not going to be the end all be all. I can agree with that. I think that sometimes experimenting with service providers and programs that give you the three point Um, Mm -hmm. gives you some really great data to figure out what you may want when you start to work with someone one-on-one on on a deeper, more impactful level Um, because you learned what did and what didn't work in that three-step process. Yeah, exactly. You're collecting data always. And if we hold things lightly, um, then we can say, okay, this is what worked. This is what didn't. When we walk away, the transformation maybe is different we know ourselves better. Yeah. So I know we've been talking about leadership here a little bit and many, many of our listeners see themselves as leaders or are leaders and just don't know it yet. (laughs) And I think sometimes uh, for the ones that don't know it yet, owning that word uh, can sometimes subconsciously have like a burden of, oh, I have to lead these people. Totally. And one of the things that you do is you help leaders feel like they're removing their burdens um, and kind of move through that process to fully be in their leadership and really be comfortable with who and where they are. Um, Would you be able to share a little bit about what you do and how you roll out your programs in that arena? Yeah, absolutely. And I will say too, I believe we all are leaders and there's often this archetype of a leader that I think you touched on a little bit that can feel heavy and responsibility. But I read this definition a while back that I kind of have made my own. A leader is anyone who walks into a room impacts that room, right? It's the physics of our energy, right? So that's a leader. So how do you want to impact that room? So literally our presence has impact. And we lead through our presence. And if we shift our mindset there, then we we can own that power we have. doesn't mean we're up on a stage and we're leading thousands. But I think leadership is starting with how do we lead ourselves? And one of the things I've learned um, after, gosh, 17 years as a psychotherapist is we can't give what we don't have. Um, And so many leaders are doing incredible, the laser I work are, are doing incredible things. Um, but whether it's a curveball, whether it's a sudden illness or a, a, a personal loss or a betrayal at work or a business challenge that shows up, it can stop people in their tracks and how they respond to those curveballs often are indicative of the burdens that they're carrying internally. And so we do the work to say, okay, what happened here? What what jammed you up here? And we get curious about the aspect of their story and, and really help, um, help them lead themselves, (coughs) 
<laughs> through uh, this process of, of unburdening um, beliefs and stories. Um, it isn't just thinking it through. We have to feel our ways through this integration and healing process as leaders. And so leaders that want to make a big change that are trying to push back on some of the most challenging things that are happening in the world right now, they need to be able to run the marathon and they can't do that if they're burnt out, if they're over-functioning, if they've lost sense of who they are or they're running from a past pain. And so we just get clear on some of that stuff and a big component is shoring up on boundaries is working towards integrating their story pieces that might still be separate and hijacking them, um, increasing their tolerance of vulnerability, <clears throat> of being able to understand what a trauma-informed leader is, understanding that if you're going to want more compassion and empathy and courage in your life and in your business, then you have to have an understanding of the role that trauma is playing in your own life and in the lives of others. And trauma is so much more than just, um, you know, something that happened painful when you were a kid or a car accident, but it's, it's something that breathes that, that leaves you with disconnection that does leave a burden on your system. And so when people aren't performing or they feel stuck or they're procrastinating, and I did air quotes, you couldn't see that, but I did air quotes, <laughs> really starting to see all of these things that we call resistance are really forms of protection is a powerful trauma-informed leadership mindset. And also understanding that the mindsets that get in our way, there's the mindset, the other side of the mindset coin is mental health, and that the two of them are two sides on each side of, of the same coin and are inextricably connected. And so we can't have positive mindset and still have belief in ourselves if we're overpowered by grief and loss or anxiety or depression um, or immense loneliness or despair. And we can't have good mindset if we're in the throes of those experiences too. So trauma-informed leaders um, really have a respect for the whole person. So those are just little snippets of the areas that I work on and the pillars of what it means to, to really be a leader who's unburdened. Thank you so much for sharing that because I just have an immense amount of respect for the work that you do. And I think it's so powerful to acknowledge that their trauma is more than the car accident or childhood incidents. You know, there's a lot of different layers to that piece and they can show up in ways that we don't think that they would, but you may think like your personal life experiences are separate from your business and somehow they affect what you're doing there too. We are the same person everywhere we show up. Powerful. So I would love to know, because I like to ask all of our guests this, what is one thing that you feel has helped you flaunt your fire or the fire that burns within you throughout your life? Oh man. One thing. Yeah. When you asked me this question, I was, I got flooded with a few. Um, I would say. I know it's hard I, to pick one. <laughs> I, for me, they're, they're pretty tactile. Um, but if I am in water, in or near water, that is powerful. And if I am lifting weights, there's just something about pushing myself, um, not hurting myself, but there's something very visceral and cathartic about that for me. Um, and I think I would also say is um, probably every now and then I got to crank big hair, rock, 80s music. And <laughs> that sometimes can really help me do that too, um, to the chagrin of maybe those around me. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Um, and if someone were listening and they're thinking, wow, this conversation really has me thinking about kind of the process of evolution and transformation and growth, I recognize that I may be in the in-between. What is one thing, though I know that there are many, many things that they could do, 
um, what do you think would be the first step to moving forward or getting support in this space? Well, I would say we're going to start with a posture of curiosity, a non-agenda, non-pushing through curiosity of really just being honest about what's going on with ourselves and really just pausing and noticing the fears or the hesitations as you referenced earlier in our conversation and really getting curious about the fears and concerns connected to those hesitations or those feelings of overwhelm or self-doubt. And I also think it's, a, I know you asked for one thing and then really just trusting mm-hmm. our instincts. Cause I really do believe we know what's best. We need good marketing is good marketing. And that, I mean, I could buy air from some people. They're so good, but really take the time. If you're going to bring someone into your support team and really trust your instincts um, on this person, because that's a lot of trust and it's an essential uh, component to your own growth and your own dreams and your own um, coming into your own power to the next level of your power. Awesome. Thank you so much. If our listeners would like to dive deeper into the work that you do, what is the best place to find you on social media? Yes. People can find me at Rebecca Ching MFT on Instagram and also on Facebook. I think those are the, but I hang out on Instagram the most. So that would be the best place to find me. Awesome. And I will make sure that we have links to that in the show notes. I am also going to link back to your website. You do some incredible work. And I think that uh, there's just so much opportunity to grow and to just be so successful when we take a look at not only working on our marketing, but also what's happening inside. That's super, super important to do as well. Well, thank you. I, I, I'm honored to be here and I'm so appreciative of your leadership and your wisdom and you talking about topics like these um, actually just really makes the world a little brighter and uh, a little more whole. So thank you. Oh, thank you so much. If you enjoyed Rebecca as much as I did, I am going to encourage you to head over to the search feature for your podcast app. And search for The Unburdened Leader and give her a subscribe where you get to hear her have more conversations like this with leaders diving into things like trauma, shame, vulnerability, all of the goodness that goes into her area and her lens of being a therapist and a coach. And if you're hearing this episode and you're thinking, you know what, I've been in this in-between space for a while. And I am ready to take some action. I'm ready to start working on my visibility or my marketing or my branding. And I do want to do this with someone who is going to support me feeling seen, supported, nourish all the things that help me to feel empowered and assured. And I don't want to be rushed. I want to be able to take my time with this. And I want a team that gets that and understands that and has empathy for that. I am going to encourage you to head over to flauntyourfire.com and there you're able to book a complimentary chat with me where we can go in and discuss a little bit about getting to know each other better. You know, what is your business currently doing or your brand currently doing and what is your vision for the future? You know, where do you want to go? Um, What are some of the concerns or hopes or fears that you may have? about what it takes to get to the next level, what it takes to step more into who you and your team are and to talk about these things. And these sessions just are something that I really enjoy. I love getting to know other people. Um, I'm an extrovert. (laughs) So there's that. Um, Dare I also say it's quarantine. So it gives me some people to talk to. It's always fun for me to do so. But I think it's also a really great opportunity to get clear on where you do want to go. And sometimes having to say that to somebody else is incredibly helpful. 
And so in these conversations, these free conversations, might I add, we are able to really discover and uncover things about each other and to see if we're a good fit for each other. So it's a great starting place. And I am so excited that so many of you have been just taking that leap and booking the call and and doing the thing and just starting it. I promise I don't bite. And some really cool things have come from those conversations. All right. So I am excited to be able to bring to you the next few episodes. I'm actually not going to give you any spoilers. I'm going to keep you on your toes and maybe you'll be surprised at what's to come on the podcast. And yeah, there's some really, really cool things happening during this quarantine. So I want you to know if you are feeling in between, if some of the things on this episode really stood out to you and you can identify with, you're not alone. And in addition to not being alone, many of our clientele and the people in our circle are still moving forward. They're still making sales. So do know that it is possible to keep going and to thrive at a time like this instead of just surviving. I'll see you on the next episode. Ready to get clear on what matters? Let's do this. From implicit to explicit is a framework that helps you to get clear on what matters and how it informs the way you live and lead in your workplace. Whether it's focusing on the team building and connection that can happen when you talk about what matters to you as a person or how it informs the outcomes that you seek in your business, it can all completely change the game. Having clarity on what your values are and how this shapes the way your work creates the foundation for every action that you take, and then sharing this information across your team explicitly. This is what creates confidence and integrity in what it is that you are creating and sharing with the world. Visit pauseontheplay.com forward slash explicit to learn more about this collaborative and interactive workshop and sign up today. Ready to lead through your values?